All right, we're going to be intensely practical this week. We'll talk about some of the concepts here, but really, it's we're practical. We're, we're talking about five things to say to your spouse daily. Mm. Now, why do we even go out of our way to say these five things? I think that's the big question that we hope to answer. And we'll also give you kind of an overview of the Frederick household as of late. In that other words, you guys, marriage takes work, right? <laughs> marriage takes work. And uh, we've experienced that in very visceral ways <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. So anyway, we're looking forward to a good talk. And we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage. Sex. Communication. Finances. Priorities. Purpose. And everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Oh, here we are, Selena. It's been a rough uh, couple of weeks, I'd say. Uh, yeah. We've been, we've it's been just okay. It's kind of been an underlying disconnect yes. and um, discontent, not discontentment, just with each other. It's like, oh, we're good, and then meh. we're just like yeah. quickly just are combative with each yeah, other. Yeah, we haven't like, been nice to each other. Well, I feel like I've been... I've been nice to you. Extremely nice no, I said it you. first, so... I said it first. Got this, it in there. This is it, people. This is it. Can get a word in edgewise. But I think it's because, you know, and I'm not going to say, like, I we haven't been exercising self-control, and it's all it's it's all the devil's fault. <laughs> the devil! Uh, but we, we have been recording... Um, yeah. For the beta, the gospel-centered marriage, and any time we do anything like that, that's kind of out of our normal rhythm, that is it's pursuing, true. you know, kingdom building. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I always, like, botch those phrases. It seems like whenever we are Just stepping, stepping out, out and kind of taking ground, I'll say. Yeah. We're taking ground. So you had mentioned, I want to make sure people know what we're talking about. It's called gospel-centered marriage. It's going to be kind of a core marriage course ecosystem with a core kind of part of it that'll be a certain number of weeks yeah and then little mini courses off of that and we're doing a beta version of it we got over 100 couples signed up and it's been uh honestly so awesome to participate but it has uh yeah it, it occurred to us last night we were having difficulty communicating we were sitting in our chairs we have these two chairs where we kind of sit we're and talk every people. night <laughs> seriously <laughs> we're like a picture out of like and we we canceled our our netflix account so we're just like we just talk, and it's been so awesome. I feel like there's just not enough time. Yeah. I, but my heart, I just long for that timelessness. But yeah, we're sitting, talking, sort of communicating, He's, trying to connect, just not happening. Sometimes it's just we'll read, rough. we'll talk about what we're reading. Sometimes we'll just talk until we go to sleep. But it's I, like I was everything... trying to read, and you're like, oh, what, don't you care? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm here. I care, but now I don't. <laughs> I, did, I cared. Now you can just whatever. And then I start talking to him, and then he's like, you're trying to tackle all these big things. And I'm like, well, I don't know. We're just talking. Like you were going, your mind was going a mile an hour. (laughs) So (laughs) it was just rough. And we just came to a point where, honestly, the Lord was just like, Mm -hmm. just just resign right now and just trust in me and just love each other, be kind to each other, give to one another, especially in those moments of you don't feel like it, you don't want to, just... Just be obedient, mm-hmm. truly, is where we landed. So, at least yeah. I did. Have you landed on obedience yet? <laughs> <laughs> I was there weeks ago. <laughs> Just glad, glad to see you here. <laughs> glad to see where I'm at. Oh my goodness. No, as you know, last night as I was, uh, we were we were working through this, and I was like, 
This is for sure. It just it, it like a trigger hit. It's like finally you see the enemy for what he is or what mm-hmm. he's doing, and you say, "No, this we're gonna fight for each other right now. I'm gonna love my wife, and it's in your face, enemy, in your face." Yeah. And I'm gonna show her how much I love her, and in in a kind of a I don't know, in like a revolting sort of way. I thought of this verse from from Ephesians six, Ephesians six, ten. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes mm. of the devil. <laughs> schemes of the devil. <laughs> for we know, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, uh, against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers. Over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So I was like, all right, cosmic warfare, here we are mm-hmm. fighting this thing. So anyway, th- this episode is uh, it's very practical, but there's an underlying thing. And that's why we share kind of our story. So we're talking about five things to say to your spouse daily. But why do we do this? Well, why do we spend, why do we in- intent our hearts on doing these things very very uh, uh, habitually with rhythm and with genuine interest in what we're saying. Why do we do that? Right. Because if we don't, we are trending in the wrong direction. So I, I was doing a little bit of reading last night, as I sometimes do when I'm supposed to be going to sleep. I'm reading articles, especially with everything that's going on. And I, I came across an article that's talking about um, kind of the origins, the historical origins of like civil unrest or civil division. Right. Um, and another word that you would use for that is civil war. <laughs> uh, but I was just reading about, OK, what what are the predicting factors in this mm. and how there are actually people that they, they focus on basically looking at past events like these or like civil unrest. Mm-hmm. And they can they've they've actually been able to predict with pretty good fidelity what it leads up to. And that's cyclical. Mm. And one of the things there's two things that uh, kind of um, play into these types of events uh, and they, they're two factors. And the first one is structural trends. And the second one is triggering events. Okay. So if you think of structural trends in a marriage, I'm not going to get into the civic part of it, but I want to talk about structural trends in marriage. So if our structural trend is that we are like, we, I'm, I'm working too much. The kids are, are causing a lot of stress and the structures of our life. We're not attending church. We're not connected to other people. Our communication is poor. Our intimacy is few and far between and our finances are stressful, right? So whatever, and whatever causes the finances to be stressful, whether, you know, you're, you're working too much or you're spending too much, or it's just for whatever reason. Okay. Um, or your job isn't whatever. So the structural trends can, can start to though all those factors can lead to degrading structural trends and a trajectory that is down. Mm Mm-hmm. And the downwardness is that we are falling apart, whether we acknowledge that, realize that or not, Mm -hmm. we're drifting apart and we're starting to kind of see each other, not as partners, not as friends, not as co-laborers in the gospel, not as co-laborers in this marriage. But now we're starting to see each other as enemies, Mm -hmm. as a a combat partner. I'm fighting against you. And so our, and then what happens then is that, that what it's laying, uh, kind of the groundwork for this triggering event to then spark a fire so if you think about a forest fire i used to do wildland firefighting uh in washington state it was awesome it was awesome (laughs) also really hard (laughs) but the reason why you have wildfires that happen and uh, and the reason why they're cleansing events in a lot of ways and from an ecological standpoint they're necessary is because you have these forests that they just grow and grow and grow and all the all the while there's 
trees that are unhealthy, trees that are dying because of uh, sickness, they get diseased, or trees that fall over in storms, and they start to rot away, they start to dry out, and until eventually, there's so much tinder just built up. Hmm. These, It's like a matchbox. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, a lightning strike hits, or somebody's smoking and they throw it out the window when they're driving, or there's a campfire that's not put out fully. There's a triggering event. Mm-hmm. And now, if that forest were completely healthy without any dry logs, the triggering event would do nothing, or it would do very little. But what happens in these massive, you know, hundreds of thousands of acres of wildfire is mm-hmm. that this this is there's a structural trend in that forest that has been headed that way for a while, and it's just waiting for a triggering event. And the further along you get down that road, the more likely a triggering event becomes. Right. So if our if our marriage is very unhealthy, mm-hmm. we don't have time for each other. We're stressed out, and all the different factors. All it takes is a tiny triggering event, whether it's a tired moment, a word said, uh, a word uttered, a tone <clears throat> used. Or a word not said. <laughs> or a word not said, or a child does something, and they now you're taking it out on him or her. So that's why we talk, we're thinking those terms, structural trends, triggering events, and how these five things that we can say to each other daily are meant to keep our structural trends at, at bay. Yeah. And trend it in the right direction. Sorry, that was a lot of a kind of on-ramping, but I feel like that really sets the stage for why these somewhat obvious statements are so profound. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was just sitting here listening and thinking about how, um, we either like we say these things and we feel them, right. There's emotions behind them. We're on board. Yes. This is what I feel. This is what I want to say. And hundred percent. And then we look at this list maybe, and depending on where we're at, we're just like, oh, I don't want to say those things, right? Mm. They don't feel like saying those things. They don't deserve to hear those things. Yeah, I'm not the one that should be saying these things. Um, and then the other part of that is um, saying these things, you know, with a spirit of just obedience, right? Of, mm. I'm just going to submit here. I'm going to, I don't, the feelings are not there. They're kind of undeserving. So there's like a, yes, I'm on board. I'm absolutely not on board, right? Option two. And then option three is just, I see that these things are right, that I I should say them and I should want to say them. And I need to get on a path of getting towards saying them. God help me, like, show me how I can be obedient in these areas. Hmm. Um, So that was just kind of some thoughts that I was having while you were talking of just where one might approach these five things said. Hmm. That's good. And I think the reason the reasons for that are, are that struggle and the need for that specific approach are are varying, but we look to scripture. What is it what does scripture say about the things we do or want mm-hmm. to do? Is that mm-hmm. they're an overflow yeah. of what's happening in our heart. The way the the way scripture most often puts it is that the fruit of the tree is an indicator of the root of the tree. Mm-hmm. The fruit points to the root. Mm. So if you're having a hard time bearing fruit, uh, then think think of uh, anybody who owns an orchard or any tree that you own, if it's not bearing fruit, you, that's the indication that you know that it's not healthy. Yeah. And so what do you do? You either uproot it or mm-hmm. you fix it or you somehow heal the tree. Yeah, prune it back. Yeah. Matthew, uh, by the way, I think John three is a good example. Or Matthew seven, sorry, is a good example of that. Okay. So that's the underlying kind of theme. Let's just dive right in. What do you think? You want to yeah. go to, so these are five things again, get your pen out. If you're if Not you're driving, driving. <laughs> <laughs> if you're driving, just grab your iPad, take some notes. I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. Just uh, take mental notes. Take mental They're notes. They're pretty easy. They're pretty easy. Five things to say to your spouse daily. Hmm. Uh, I think we should just run through them real quick and then we'll kind of unpack them. Okay. So first one, I love you. Second, I appreciate you. Hmm. Third, I won't give up on you. 
Hmm. Four, I'm sorry. Five, I forgive you. Ooh. Every day you got to say you're sorry? Well, you need to say I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I never I say just, that. Every day you got to say you're sorry. You just, I'm sorry for whatever I might have done. And I don't know what I'm saying <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. sorry for, but I'm sorry. It's the favorite non-apology, right? I'm sorry that you got upset. <laughs> I'm sorry that you were offended. Uh, start with the first one, Frederick. Go back. <laughs> okay. Go back. I love you. That's the first one. Okay. Again, it seems pretty obvious, right? But if we're both saying it from a place of understanding exactly what it means, like we have the shared meaning of I love you mm. from a biblical wow. standpoint. I have I love you um, despite my feelings. I love you, um, John. Good. We see Jesus illustrating and modeling love right john three sixteen, and god i for god's so love the world that he gave his son um so this model of love often is a theme in the bible but it's hmm. it's one of of death right death to self death of self oh baby so that's, that's troubling <laughs> it is troubling because but when we because anybody can say i love you because that's words are cheap but when you say i love you with the intent of living it out mm-hmm. What that means, biblically speaking, is that you intend to die to yourself in the name of love. And that's that's a big pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big pill to swallow. Which is why these words, you know, should not be thrown around or um, I think said. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, okay. Let's back out a little bit again. And again, it seems obvious. You'd be shocked. Okay, listener, maybe this is you. Just know that we see you. Um, there are a lot of marriages that these words, I love you, are not uttered common, they're foreign. commonly. Yeah, they're foreign. Or they mean very little. Yes. Uh, and it's just, okay, see, I love you. And yeah. then you're asking yourself, do you though? Yeah. Do you though? Do you really love me? Uh, love is one of these things that is, uh, in culture, it's there are few ideas that are as convoluted as love when it comes to Outside culturally speaking. Yeah. Cult, yeah, how the culture has kind of cobbled together this godless version of it. Yeah. If I can say that, because we want yeah, we want all is. the love without any of the depth. We want all we want all the emotion without any of the the actual service. Yeah, we want responsibility, right? Yeah. And so we we tend to uh, what is it? Love is not about self realization. It's about dying to self. That's uh, that's the big at its very core. It's the opposite of self satisfaction. And true love is self sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so if like you said you and I love that you brought it around to that. If we're sharing this meaning. Then we, when someone says "I love you," it's not just three words. It's it's these deep, eternal, lasting truths. Right. And hopefully, and ideally, your love would be proven before you even utter those words. Right, and it's reflective, right, of of what's what's actually happening in the culture of your marriage. You know, mm. are we being patient with each other? First Corinthians talking about the superior way of love. Um, are we being patient and kind with each other? Are we? persevering and suffering long with each other love is not just this feeling that floats to the top because we Mm. had a good day right like love is something that is so much more enduring um than that and it's also of course in galatians 5 22 a a product of the the holy spirit indwelling you that's so good i want to everybody knows if you're a christian you've been around the bible for a little while you'll you have heard this passage the love chapter the way of love first corinthians 13 mm-hmm. selena said it's the higher way which is those are paul's words i this just occurred to me okay in this if you read first corinthians 13 uh verse 2 it says if i have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and if i have all faith okay, those are all good things 
Okay. Mm -hmm. If I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. Mm -hmm. Why does he say I am nothing? He says, I, and he doesn't say, he doesn't say I have nothing. He says, I am nothing. Hmm. And so to me, that is a, it's, it's a personification, not personification, but it, there's a personhood around. God is love. Like the substance of and me so is nothing if yes. I have not love in this way. Now right. he's talking about himself speaking to the Corinthian church. So there's mm -hmm. some context there, meaning that as a minister of the gospel, if I have all of these things, but I have not love, I am nothing as I'm not useful to you. I am as if I am not even here to you mm. because I lack love. Mm. So it is the substance of the life of a believer. And yeah. it become because of that, it's the substance of the believer. Mm -hmm. Now, does that make sense? Yeah. And so but it's very important that we get this idea of love right. Because you hear people that who haven't even opened their Bibles in a decade, they say, God is love. Yeah. So love is anything I want it to be. Yeah. And if you doubt me, if you, if you come against me and you don't affirm whatever version of love that I'm saying, mm. then you are basically, you're hateful. Right. That's not love. That's not love. That is not love. Love is, is it's a it's a character trait of God, and it goes alongside his other character traits like holiness and mercy and justice and so many more things. He is, yeah, but he is also, yeah, he is love. He is holy. He is, yes. Yeah, it goes alongside. Yes. So, I love you is vitally important to mention and mean. To mm. mention it and to mean it, I think is what we're trying to say. Yeah. When you say, so go home tonight, today, whatever. <laughs> Tell your tell your husband, tell your wife, I love you. And by the way, here's what that means. <laughs> and and maybe try to explain it a little bit. I think yep. that could be really helpful. All right. The second phrase is I appreciate you. Um we had another podcast episode called The Art of Appreciation. I would I would encourage you to take a moment to check out that episode. Um basically appreciation is kinda like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it grows. Mm. So I appreciate you is is really saying I see you for the gift that you are from God. Um, hmm. I see I see that we have a purpose in our marriage covenant. It's ordained by God. I appreciate you and the contributions you make hmm. to our home, to uh, the life of uh, our spirit, like walking together um, towards hmm. the things of God and how you give of yourself. Like God has brought us together, Mark ten nine, and I'm grateful and I appreciate you. And so understanding kind of that. The power of appreciation, it really can change things. Hmm. And we yeah. have to we have to take the time, I think, to identify ways to appreciate each other. Um, yeah. We've slowed down and be intentional about that. But again, knowing each other in order to, I think we talked, was it last week we talked about like being fully known? Maybe it was, it was somewhere. We were talking with some people. Yeah. It on was the on the beta. beta. We were yeah. talking about transparency and trust. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so understanding, you know, and knowing someone, knowing that um, this is a way, appreciation, words of appreciation or, or whatever, this is a way that they experience love as well. Yeah. I think if I can be candid, this is the area of all these five phrases. This is the one that we struggle with the most. Because what will happen, this happened recently. Yeah. You uh, you were, this is, I'm saying this these words, <laughs> but this is too strong of a way to say it. You were having a bit of a meltdown. You weren't having a meltdown, but you were you were feeling the full weight of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And it was not, it was causing you to be frustrated. So it wasn't a meltdown. I don't want to say that. Okay. And so you were, and so I, my tendency is to come to you in those moments and be like, why are you even, why are you even worried? Like all this stuff's fine. These like just dismissing it. Yeah. And trying, instead of just saying, I see you. I know what you're, I appreciate what you're going through. I appreciate you 
not, not I'm thankful for you or not thank you for doing this thing, but I appreciate you, capital Y-O-U, you. I appreciate everything about what's happening here. In other words, I understand, empathize, and am walking alongside you. Mm-hmm. And that, I, feel, I feel like that's how most often where our fights are unproductive fights. Right. And well, you don't feel seen and loved. Yeah. Well, and another thing, too, I think just in our minds, um, appreciating our spouse, because I think that's where we tend to fight with them the most, at least for me. Like, we fight with them. We... we <laughs> We villainize them, right? Yeah. It's all it happens in our minds. But if I can come in with gratefulness, like the Lord instructs us to, right? Yep. Coming in with gratefulness and rejoicing in those hard truths and rejoicing in the in the the frustrating times that we might face in our marriage. I appreciation um, again. It's a muscle. If it feels hard and it's weak and it's difficult to to lift that. Muscle, muscle. <laughs> to, no, to, <laughs> to lift that it. weight of appreciation. <laughs> I'm gonna go lift muscles later. <laughs> you want to join me? <laughs> it's gonna be a good workout. <laughs> then, just start in your thoughts. Like, what do I appreciate about my spouse? What do I appreciate, and why do I appreciate yeah. that about them? So, I think this is so telling. Again, this is me and you because yeah. your version of appreciate I appreciate you is the I see you. You want to feel seen and understood, mm-hmm. and not not unseen, not misunderstood. You want, let's see if I can get this right. <laughs> Did I get that right? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay, then I don't, don't even mess sometimes <laughs> know these things about myself. I think you're just a, a great observer of me. Um, I, you like to be appreciated with, you. words of affirmation are like a big thing for you. And you feel appreciated when you are wanted and when you are valued. Um, yeah. In, through words and through... You're not a big gift guy. I mean, if it's a good gift, then you're like, yeah, I'm a gift guy. But if it's exactly <laughs> if it's what you want, it's the specific wanted. thing that I want. <laughs> which don't, don't mess up Christmas. <laughs> Pressure's on. Uh, is that right? Yes, you no, you cheat, nailed it. Do you think? You nailed it. I, I need appreciation that is. Yours is more kind of Im- implicit. Mine is very explicit. I need you to say thank you for working hard for us. Yeah. Thank you for loving us well. Thank you for leading us well. Right. I need. The problems with those is sometimes we project those on each other and that, and then we're just like, you don't appreciate me. Right. <laughs> like, you're like, wait, but I just said it a thousand times in a hundred different ways. And you're like, but that's not, I don't. But you didn't say it how I wanted to hear it. You didn't translate yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So the contrast, I think, though, to uh, not appreciating each other um, is what you were talking about with the structure, right? And the, the trends. So if we are ungrateful, yeah. we tre- we tend to be ungrateful. Um, some discontentment is going to start surfacing. Mm-hmm. It's going to yep. pick away at that structure, right? If we, we then become, fr- you know, d- frustrated, some resentment maybe can start mm. settling in there. And then you've got, you've got a wildfire waiting a wildfire to be sparked. With con- yeah. Just contempt all around. And mm. it's just going to take one little spark. Again, that's the whole structural trends Mm -hmm. if you are if you're not appreciating one another over a long period of time you guys your marriage is ready for an explosion on some level now you might explode differently than another couple the explosion could be catastrophic it could be you know it could be relatively just maybe an outburst it could be uh you all of a sudden you realize that you're falling away from each other yeah and that that triggering event could be anything and it's that's the thing about triggering events is the structural Trends are more or less predictable. The triggering events are unpredictable. Yeah. 
And so anyway, I just want to keep you kind of thinking in those terms. So what's, uh, let, so I was, so the first one is I love you. The second one, I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Again, these are all very loaded statements if you think about it. The, th- the third one is I won't give up on you. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this is yeah. modeling the understanding of covenant that, and that purpose right. that we harp on. That right. And clinging to that promise from God, right? Like he, in Galatians 6, 9, he says, uh, and let us not, or is it Paul? Yeah. Right into the Galatians. And let us not grow weary of doing good for due season we will reap if we do not give up committing mm-hmm. to your covenant saying i won't give up on you that is doing good it's not growing weary in it too which is that that's us this last two weeks <laughs> yeah like, i mean it's been... i was doing so good <laughs> <laughs> and i was doing good for you yeah i mean we felt then... i kind of we felt like we were in the sweet spot and we're like yeah let's take on some more things and then we did and we're like oh no like you well, know we kind of knew that. we knew it was going to be a tough season but i'm saying <clears throat> i'm just kind of trying to identify that Doing good is staying committed. Like doing mm. good is saying I'm not going to give up on you. Doing good is is obedience, right? When the the yeah. feelings are not there, and just sometimes it's just saying those words. Again, those words you can say them with the emotions loaded. You're like, yes, I I will not give up on you. Or you're like, I won't give up on you. This is really hard, and I'm struggling, but I'm not going to give up. Like it's yeah. it comes in a lot of different forms. But Th- I think that is all about a perspective, perseverance in perspective. Um, you, you noted per, uh, Romans 5, 3, uh, 3 through 5. More yeah. than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Think about this progression. Yeah. And hope does not put to put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. And remember, in Ephesians, Paul calls the Holy Spirit a guarantee of our future mm. resurrection. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, when you jumped into Romans five, I had it down below. It's it's um, not giving up and persevering, so that endurance uh, produces hope, right? And then mm-hmm. in Romans twelve, he talks about rejoicing in hope, being patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Mm-hmm. So again, this hope that is being produced through these these markers of I will not give up on you, right? This and, yeah. it's producing this character of of steadfastness mm-hmm. of of hope and we I'm sticking to this I value mm. and understand yeah. God's idea of oneness in Genesis 2. I I'm committing we committed to each other. We've made this covenant. I'm not going to give up on you. Yeah, those the language for not giving up in scripture. When you see words like perseverance which we mentioned steadfastness. Mm-hmm. Again, covenant is one of those words that have to do with uh that language. Yeah. Uh so again, I mentioned perspective. I want to I want to remind myself because we had this conversation just in our kind of funk. One of the uh, one of the bickery conversations we had <laughs> was, Celine, when you feel really stressed out, you tend to have a really nearsighted perspective on things. You just see the thing that's stressing you out, forgetting that we well, this kind I'm of I'm blind, people. It's just like white light in front of my face, and that's all I see. <laughs> yeah, it could be like I'm, I tripped over the dog. <laughs> And this is the thing that is ruining my life. It's the spark. <laughs> it's the yeah. It's the it's the that that event. Uh, but Paul uses language. Okay, we're using a lot of Paul's writings here: Galatians, Romans. I've mentioned Ephesians. Paul uses this cosmic warfare language that was in Ephesians six. I read it at the beginning. We when we lose that perspective of this cosmic warfare we are not able to hold to our steadfastness and our perseverance and our covenant 
as well. Mm -hmm. We have to remember the perspective. This perspective is key on saying to someone, honestly, I won't give up on you. Yeah. The only reason you can say I won't give up on you when your spouse is being a complete idiot and they're they're not loving you well and they're doing whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know nothing of this because you're never <laughs> an idiot. You're awesome. Uh, but when... <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, so don't, don't screw it up. Uh, but when when the, the only way you can love your spouse and say I won't give up on you in those perspective in those moments is yeah. when you understand that this thing is is a, is more than this moment. Right. Right. That this covenant is is a lifelong thing. Right. Not even a lifelong thing. It's a it's a it's it's lifelong, but it's also a bond that God Himself has sealed, that He Himself has tied together. Yeah. So it's not mm -hmm. only is it have the breadth of purpose, but it also has the the length of time perspective right and it's reflective of his own hmm. um creation of christ and the church and the bride it's a reflection of you know the marriage between christ and the church um what also one last little note here about how i won't give up on you um i definitely think it speaks to how we value and honor our our hmm. relationship um hmm. that i'm saying it's worth fighting for um and i'm going to fight for it i'm going to fight for you um, Hebrews 13 um, was talking about, it says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulteress. Um, held in honor. Held in honor is the, the kind of phrase we're focusing yeah. on. But I think it is interesting that um, the sexually immoral and the adulteress comes up under because I think this phrase of I won't give up on you probably falls under a lot of that for marriages that are struggling hmm. right there's been maybe some breach of trust again the structure has declined the hmm. the 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 woods are dry and yeah. there's been some sort of you know catastrophic event and hmm. when we can cling to Jesus and we can cling to his word and he is God is unchanging and we can have that hope when we say these words, I won't give up on you, we're, we're saying I, I value and I honor our relationship and it's maybe there's been some sexual immorality and there's been some adultery, but we're going to stand firm and we're going to work this out and I'm not, we're not going to give up. That's good. It's really good. Uh, sorry. A way to be the marriage bed to be held in honor. So you were going to talk about held in honor. Yeah. Well, I was, <laughs> when, the, when, when a verse asserts something and then makes an, a, uh, kind of a, um, a secondary assertion mm -hmm. based on that first assertion. I always like to kind of, in a productive way, deconstruct it, right? Yeah. So let the marriage bed be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. Well, another way of saying that is that to dishonor the marriage, to not hold it in honor, is to defile the marriage bed. To give up on it, right? Yeah, well, and to well, defile it. And so that word But by defiling, you're giving up the covenant you're giving up on your in a sense yeah i mean because you're not seeing the the honor that it's worthy of right right and that's the whole perspective piece right. but i just want to speak specifically to defiling a marriage bed and 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 how core how the correlation between defiling your marriage bed and what, what i mean by that what the bible means by that is it's probably using i don't know the the the, he, the greek word underneath there but i'm pretty sure it's probably somehow related to porneia right sexual immorality mm -hmm. which is porneia and so you think of things like pornography, okay? And you mm -hmm. think of things like any sort of lustful thoughts. We talked about emotional lust, mm. right? Is that a way to defile our marriage bed, this mm -hmm. place where our marriage is sacred? Yeah. Okay? And so this I won't give up on you, there's a, there is a correlation between our heart's tendency to be okay with not holding our marriage in honor. Mm. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore defiling. So just, I, this sounds really odd, but I'm seeing once you start kind of peeling back the layers on these kind of obvious statements, it comes, it becomes pretty clear. They're not that obvious. Yeah. If we actually mean what we're saying. Okay. So first one, I love you. Quick Second recap. one. Yeah. I appreciate you. Third one. I won't give up on you. Here's the fourth one. Uh, I am sorry. Yeah. This goes hand in hand with, I won't give up. Usually there's somebody <laughs> saying, I'm sorry. And this is a road well, well trodden. Yes, yes. I mean, the life of a believer, right, is to repent and believe. Mark 1, verse 15 says, insane, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom mm. of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. These are the words of Jesus mm. um, around and after John the Baptist. Mm. Talking about, yes, the kingdom of God is at hand. He is here. God is, God is here. Yeah, that's the reality we live in, that Jesus is the reigning king. Yeah. So, and so this call to repentance is a constant call. And yeah. it's because we, we're, it's almost like a, a strong rubber band, right? We're, we're, we're stretching it out, chasing the gospel. Right. But we're always kind of pulled back. Well, we have to constantly repent. Right. And in First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. So oh, unrighteousness. Unrighteousness. Sorry. <laughs> Keep the righteousness. That's how that works. <laughs> so acknowledging, right, repenting. I'm sorry. Repenting. Acknowledging first hmm. that we are a sinner, right? We are sinners and that we first need to repent to God and then we repent uh. to each other. And understanding that mm. I hate it even sometimes even writing these words was hard, like acknowledging your part in sin, admitting that you're wrong. Mm. Humility. What does the Bible say about humility? Wow. Right. What is what is the theme around humility? This the this language has to be learned. Yeah, it, it has to be learned, because if you're not used to using words like I'm sorry or I repent of my sin or mm. I sinned against you, yeah. please forgive me. Yeah. Then this will feel foreign. Yeah. But we, we're here to remind you that repentance is part. It's it's the life of a believer is, is one of repentance and belief. Right. And the language will become easier the more you use it. Yes. Yes. A friend, a good friend of ours, she's written a bunch of articles that are releasing in the coming weeks for Fierce Parenting mm. uh, all around homeschool. Lydia, she's brilliant in many ways, uh, has an incredible story. But in one of her articles, as I was kind of reviewing it, she had the simple headline, We Are Repenters. We are repenters. As Christians, we are repenters. This is what we do. And it's not this wallowing in sin. It's not, it's not in a sense glorifying our sin, but it's acknowledging that we are not perfect. It's acknowledging constantly that we need the one who is perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's what saying I'm sorry is. And again, Selena was raised to say, I'm sorry, like very intentionally and to ask, will you forgive me Mm -hmm. every time? And so our girls are re- learning that. It's I'm still learning it. <laughs> They've learned it. I'm trying to catch like, up. It just feels half-hearted if you're just like, I'm sorry. Like, okay, well, what are you sorry about? And what are you actually <laughs> seeking forgiveness about, right? It's a training technique. Ironically, you are, when you're frustrated, your your apologies are very half-hearted. You'll be like, I'm sorry. I just, I was. <laughs> sorry, you're so frustrating to me. <laughs> well, you, again, have, recognizing <laughs> my need for a savior, right? And the role of Jesus. In Luke, Jesus was talking here. He says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mm. Who's righteous? Like, no one. We're not righteous. We are sinners. We're made righteous. There's no one righteous. No, not one. Well, there is one, and his name is Jesus. Jesus. But we're made right because yes. of Jesus. Yes. And not. We're not completely perfect in the here and now, right? But the there and then, and but we can walk out of mm. the work that he's done 
um, and live out of that rest. So I want to highlight one thing because mm-hmm. I think it's helpful highlighting how this dynamic works in our own relationship, because I feel like we, we are two archetypal people in the sense you'll say the words, I'm sorry, without meaning them. And I will not even say them. <laughs> Like I'll just we'll be if we're in the you middle of a fight. You won't say them until you you feel them right. and mean them. And you'll say them, and, and I won't mean them. But I'm saying them as a like I need to get my heart to this point, and you're yeah. like my heart's not at that point, so I'll say it when my heart's at that point. Again, it's it's a different like pride is governing the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> like both of us are sitting. Not in mine. That <laughs> I feel like I'm like so humble when I'm trying to say this. <laughs> no, because you'll come in. We'll have a we'll have, have an argument where you've somehow wronged me. <laughs> It happens so much. I don't even know. I can't even think of an example. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And your your apology is... Clearly. It's usually just a segue into the excuse. You're like, I'm sorry. Just ha- I've had a really stressful day. I'm, I, I, the kids have been doing this, and you've not been available, and all this stuff. I'm sorry. Okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's not a real apology. That's That's a... I just want to get over this thing, so get over it. Are you venting? <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I bet people can relate. No one can. <laughs> Right, because it's my struggle alone. <laughs> and then I'll just clam up. I'm the I'm the stewer. I you, stew. Yeah. I brood. I'm like, it. what are you playing mind games over here? Like, why are you, why don't you just apologize? And you're just like, because I don't feel like apologizing. Because I'm not wrong. <laughs> I just have to wait for him. I and just usually, have to sit and way, wait for him to come around and for the Holy Spirit to get a hold of his heart. And usually, by the way, husbands, okay? You're wrong. I'm very... <laughs> hear this humbly. I'm going to say it's going to sound very prideful, but I'm very wrong when it comes... I'm very... <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Dang it. Ugh. I was going to say, I'm very rarely wrong when, from a factual factual standpoint. I'm usually right factually, but I'm wrong in how I've loved my wife or communicated lovingly to her in that. Word. And so I have to usually repent, and and I repent of my, hey, listen, I realize, I'm sorry I was I'm a right huge and- jerk to you. I'm sorry that I didn't, you're right. I need, I need to ask for your forgiveness. Although I was right in what I said. <laughs> don't, don't add that. Don't add don't that, add that until, in. That's just until everything's cooled complete off. Complete backhanded yeah. thing. Uh, so anyway, I wanted just to draw that, the, the contrast there. Okay, the final one, it goes hand in hand with this one, is I forgive you. One of the uh, things, we were on our friend's podcast. I don't know when it's going to air, but we got to be with Dave and Ashley Willis. Yeah. They do the Naked Marriage podcast. It's phenomenal. But they asked us as we were leaving, what's one thing you could tell couples? And for some reason, this came to mind. I haven't thought of this in, in a year or more. It was be quick to apologize, fast to forgive. That's the one tip I could give you as a couple. Be fast, quick to apologize, fast to forgive. See how those go hand in hand? Mm. It doesn't mean you sweep it under the carpet, under the rug. I always switch those around. Under the rug. It means that you... Uh, you recognize qu- that that you can pull out of it. Like if you're in a nosedive, the best way to get out of a nosedive is not to wait until it's right. like accelerated, De-escalate. but to pull out of it as quickly as possible. Yeah, apologize. Yeah. You're sure. cleaning up all that tinder so it doesn't <clears throat> cause a fire later. Like just get in there, clean right. it out. The apology is out. not just a, a let's get out of this quick. An apology is saying, okay, I recognize what's happening here. Right. You're right. I am wrong in this. Like let's let's – reconcile and get past this but the forgiveness part too i think we need to highlight of course that Mm. um we there's there's this level of understanding of the forgiveness that we've been given in christ right Mm. just go google verses on forgiveness and you'll find the whole bible um (laughs) nice (laughs) isaiah 535 just to highlight um i think Mm. our understanding of forgiveness and to bring some depth there um, it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, as we're referring to Jesus. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. 
and with his stripes we are healed. Hmm. So that's one of those verses that always gets taken out of context. Um, he's not talking about physical healing. He's talking about right. healing of the the broken relationship between God and his chosen people. Yeah. And it's by those stripes, him, you know, the, the he was whipped, of, hit yes. the blood, you know, he was whipped through stripes, uh, you know, on his back. And so what that does to our attitude toward forgiveness is it calibrates us mm-hmm. in that we can only be healed. We can only be made right with God by no action of our own, no righteousness of our own. Mm-hmm. We have been forgiven in Christ. So how could I possibly not forgive you? Right. Now there's times when forgiveness has to be worked out. Yeah. But like the transaction of forgiveness can be fast. Yeah. But the working out of what that transaction means for right. your intimacy and for right. your li- intimacy, I mean, full spectrum, not just physical, but before you're back to kind of functioning yeah. in a way that you, that can take time. Yeah. And so forgiveness doesn't mean you're forgetting. Right. It just means that you've said, I will not morally hold this over your head because I can't because right. I am forgiven in Christ. And forgiving doesn't mean you just automatically trust them 100% nope. again. Yep. It means there's that's part of working out the forgiveness is build, rebuilding trust. Yeah. Um, Matthew, and, oh, go ahead. And what, so I want to, forgiveness can take a lot of, uh, uh, trespasses can take a lot of forms in marriage, right? If mm. I speak to you in a way that's disrespectful or not loving, right. or I, and I'm not considerate of you, that's something you can be pretty quick to forgive. Right. If I, in some other way, to betray your deep trust, mm. that would then make you question yeah. years of trust, yeah. then that's going to take a long time. Right. By God's grace, we've not had that happen. But I'm just saying, I don't want to... There's there's different kind of expressions of forgiveness right. and different healing. Now, the transaction of forgiveness, as I said, will have uh, kind of an instantaneous... It's like, it's realized. Right. I forgive you. Boom. It's realized. Right. Now that is worked out in our hearts as we come to grips with what forgiveness. Would you actually liken means. it to kind of like a cauterization to a wound? Maybe like hmm. forgiveness is just this. We're gonna we're like I forgive you. We're stopping this bleeding, but there's been some big damage that has happened, mm. and so now we need to work out this reality after this humongous wound. Right, mm. the blood has stopped gushing. We have acknowledged the situation. Yeah, we are. I've stopped accruing interest on this debt. Right. Uh, I'm going I'm to change analogies from the cauterizing to the financial piece because I feel like that makes yeah. a lot of sense. If sure. you have a home loan and your bank all of a sudden said, your debt's forgiven, or hey, let's use, uh, back <laughs> this off because that's a different example. Say okay. you can't pay your mortgage. Yeah. All right. You've, you've, you've proven yourself a, a poor steward of your finances. You got it over your head. You can't pay your more or circumstances for whatever. You're just, you're a financial liability. Okay. The bank might, I'm saying, what if the bank said after six months of non-payment, they said, you know what? I forgive. We forgive your loan. Hmm. You no longer. We're no longer going to accrue interest on this thing. The debt is forgiven. Hmm. However, we're not going to give you any more money. Right. However, sure. don't come back and ask us for another mortgage until you prove to your, to us that you that you can pay it. Hmm. That you can make good on your promise. Does that does that analogy work? I, I think it like works in a marriage. In uh, a marriage it's not right. how God approaches us, right? Yes, I think. yes, yes, yes. So just. I'm sure people well, pick that up, but I, I mean, think God does call us into sanctification. That's what forgiveness yes, is. Yes. Not that it, we're, we're trying to earn his for- forgiveness again. Right. And he gives us grace unconditionally, but in terms of human relationships and trust, yes. I can forgive your debt without also going, letting you go further the, in the debt with yes, me. Yes. Does that make sense? Right. Right. Yes. It's a, it's an, it's a hip shot. Um, rea- it's a hip shot analogy. So please don't 
email me if it doesn't hold up in terms of well whatever <laughs> Matthew 6 15 but if you do not forgive others their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses some heavy heavy words mm. um and powerful world, words from jesus that we should take heed of ephesians four thirty two: be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another as god in christ forgave mm. you again there's context around these letters to the ephesians um the message still rings true of being kind to one another, tender hearted and forgiving mm, yep. one another mm. um, as God in Christ. I think it's, again, it's a mark of a believer, the, the, the ability to forgive and the mm. um, yes. ability to seek repentance, like repent and forgive. Those are the, and loving. Like, That's one of the biggest the differentiators biggest, yes. of Christian community versus every other community on the planet right. is that if you wrong me, you're dead to me. Right. Christian community says I'm committed to you beyond what you wrong me. Yeah. How you wronged me. Yeah. I'm going to reconcile with you. That's amazing. Yeah. And Colossians 3.13 just kind of um, takes it that further, that next step of bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other mm, as the that. Lord is forgiving you. So you also must forgive. So it's not just a quick, I mean, with in marriage, we are, uh, we're committed to bearing with one another, right? But mm-hmm. in, in other friendships, we may not feel like we need to bear with one another. But as believers, I think there is a call to um, some long suffering with each other. Like it would be easy to walk away from people that are struggling in our lives. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, but they are believers and they're actively seeking God's um, authority and his wisdom in that mm-hmm. situation. Uh, that's not a, that's not a place for us as believers to turn our backs and walk away. So bearing with one another, um, especially in our marriage is something that we just can't or not we can't ignore it's it's just you can't you can i mean you can right right well but not to your health not to your health yeah, yeah. so these five phrases are uh or they, they're they're very practical in that if you say them daily or as needed you're liberal with these five phrases and yeah. and, and they're used in your marriage they will have a very practical f- kind of fruit bearing uh characteristic yeah However, or in addition to that, they are also very foundational yeah. in that they say something about your understanding of these kind of big, deep doctrinal truths yeah. about love and forgiveness and, and repentance yeah. and about uh, the nature of uh, covenant and appreciation. So uh, I think out of all of these five phrases, I would say, um, well, we'll get it down to the couple's conversation challenge. I just want to remind you of our analogy that we were using, the structural trends. Okay, they're going to keep, if you have that this deep truths in place Mm -hmm. and you use these phrases with generosity in your marriage, you're going to keep your forest fairly tidy. Mm -hmm. It's not going to get filled up with dry, dead logs that are just waiting for a triggering event to set your marriage ablaze. Okay. You're going to keep it pretty tidy. And then what happens when those triggering events come along, instead of doing just that, they will now just kind of sputter out, you know, and we'll have a little fight. We've, we've had a lot of really fast fights in the yeah. last month. Yeah. The last two weeks have been a slog. But if you go two weeks beyond that, we had a lot of really fast turnarounds where yeah. like we would quickly repent, quickly forgive. Yeah. Because we saw it for what it was and we, and we value those things. Yeah. Those uh, muscles are getting stronger they, of like well, discernment yeah. and being able to um, see and hear what's happening. Again, not sweeping it under the rug, not just trying to get past it, but dealing with it in a quicker way because we understand what mm-hmm. these terms mean. We understand the mm-hmm. orientation of our hearts. We're repenting of that and we are forgiving each other of that specific thing naming it that's really good couples conversation challenge start using these phrases yeah today i would say use them today 
as you as if you've made it this far, you've been listening. Something probably jumped out at you. I would say start with that one. Yeah. Whichever one jumped out at you. Go where the fires at. Go where the fires at. <laughs> start with that so, fire theme. So you don't. So you don't fire things later. <laughs> Set things afire. <laughs> I'm gonna go lift muscles later. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so start with those. Yeah, start with these phrases. Let's recap them real fast so that you have them at the top of your mind. I love you. I appreciate you. I won't give up on you. I'm sorry, and I forgive you. Mm-hmm. These are five things to say to your spouse daily that also have accompanying, accompanying. there it is, core truths to them. But with that said, um, do you want to pray us out, Selena? Okay. <laughs> I always get caught off guard for some reason. <laughs> uh, God, thank you so much for uh, just your goodness, your word, who you are. Um, and your presence and your sovereignty in the world that we are in today. Um, and I pray for all the marriages listening, Father, that it would these words would be fruitful in their marriage. Holy Spirit, use them um, to do work. I pray for soft hearts. I pray for repentance and forgiveness to be uh, freely given and freely accepted. Yeah. And I pray that these words would come easier and easier, and they would build mm. unity. They would build... Um, love and depth and connection Mm. in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you have experienced, uh, the Fierce Marriage Podcast for any period of time, uh, you might have heard us say this, but we're going to ask you again. The way that this podcast is supported is through you, our listeners, Mm. namely through a platform called Patreon. And there's a a URL you can go to. It's Patreon, excuse me, it's patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Fierce Marriage. And what it is, it's it's a thriving community of listeners and readers who have decided to, to get on mission with us. Um, and, and what it does is it, ma- it maintains kind of our independence that even if we do have advertisers, it, we don't have to, we don't have to clutter each episode up with these things. We can instead focus on just the good work that God is allowing us to do. And that is perpetuating the gospel in families around the world. So if you want to partner with us, please do two things, pray about doing that and, mm-hmm. and talk to your spouse about doing that. Cause we want you to be in agreement on that. And then we just ask that you act on mm-hmm. whatever God convicts you to do. Even if it means just praying for us, maybe you can't handle it uh, financially, that's fine. But if you do feel led, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. And we do appreciate you considering that. All right. With all that said, this episode is... In the can. Thanks for joining us once again for the Fierce Marriage Podcast. And we will see you in about seven days. Until then. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.